Freedom. 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 Rebound. Hello, Brooklyn. This is Brooklyn Rebound Podcast, episode 19. The big ticket and the truth's last ride in Brooklyn. Well, some big, big news. Only a couple days late, but uh, there's been a trade for the Brooklyn Nets and, uh, and the Celtics, but we'll get to that in a little few. But first and foremost, I want to introduce our buddy and friend to the podcast, Tom. Tom, what's going on, man? Nothing much. I'm glad to be here. Um, what brings you to the podcast? I know, I know, you've been an avid follower of us, of me and Justin and our jokes, and uh, and and Anton and Mansoor talking about his burger bagels, taking dumps. So, uh, other than that, for the comic relief, relief, what brings you to the podcast today? Um, I'm a big fan of basketball. Yeah. Um, I look at basketball in kind of a different way. I'm more of the analytical. I'm a big embracer of the um, new statistics. Right. The um, the guys like Ryan McDonough and uh, Hollinger, Hollinger, all those Doolittle. guys. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, that's what you do for a profession too. Like you do stats, so I, I'm I'm glad that you're on the podcast just to pick your brain with the the numbers because you know me being Asian, I don't fit most stereotypes, so I don't have I'm not that I'm not that I'm not that mathematician that uh, should be. Oh man, I just revealed my identity on the podcast. Oh jeez. Uh, well, I'll probably edit it out later, or maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, well, thank you for joining me today. Uh, we're we're definitely going to get over some stuff on the podcast. We're going to go over the big trade, of course, uh, and how how the outlook looks for the next season. Um, Jason Kidd actually added uh, some coaches. Oh, that is a that is a noise that we don't want on the podcast. Added some coaches, um, assistant coaches, and assembled his staff, um, kind of like Ron Burgundy and Anchorman. You know, news team assemble. I think Jason Kidd just said that and. Everyone just came, right? I believe so. Yeah, I think I think that's the way. I can't believe we got Lawrence Frank to come. Yeah, on his bench. I'm very excited about that. That's a great pickup for MJ Kid. It's pretty awesome. Uh, and we're gonna go over, you know, some of the players that have left and resigned with the Nets, and also the draft happened last week. We'll definitely go over that and what the Nets did there and around the NBA talk. But first, first and foremost, uh, let's get to the big trade. So uh, right from the top, the Nets get. Jason Terry, Kevin Garnett, the big ticket, and Paul Pierce, the truth, from the Boston Celtics for uh, Chris, former Kardashian Humphreys, Gerald Crash Wallace, Marshawn Brooks, Keith Bogans, Chris Joseph, draft picks from in 2014, 2016, 2018, and their right to swap in 2017 because in the NBA you cannot deal consecutive draft picks, so you have to do alternating years. Um, this is huge. I mean, this this is something that just came so quickly. I remember when I was watch, watching my Twitter feed just blow up. I couldn't really believe it. Actually, Anton broke the news to me. He, he was like, hey, big development, and I checked Twitter. What, what was your reaction to the trade, Tom? It was pretty stunning. Um, I, myself, from the New England area, Celtics fan, kind of like half the other guests of the podcast. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of Celtics fans um, on it, here. It's yeah. kind of hurtful to lose. To lose the truth, yeah. one of my favorite players of all time. But I am very excited for this season in Brooklyn. I'm definitely feeling the um, this team's going to be very good, very competitive. Right. There might be some flaws with the way of the lineup after this trade, but that's something we can go into later. Right. But for right now, it's definitely a positive for the Nets and the 
the Celtics have definitely gone into full rebuilding mode. Right. While the Celtics have gone into full rebuilding, the Nets have gone into re- just win now. Just win win now. now. Win now mentality. They got about a two-year clock, I feel. Yeah. And uh, all my all my friends and even all the professional uh, people on on uh, on the mother mothership or the motherland. What's it called? The mothership. That's what Bill Simmons refers to, too, right? The mothership is ESPN. ESPN, yep. yeah, yeah. In Bristol, Connecticut. In Bristol, yeah. Yep. Um, CT represent. Go Huskies. Uh, <laughs> I always got. I always got to drop that in. Always got to drop that in. Always. Um, and it's they had to make this move. I mean, everyone understands how old Terry, KG, and Pierce are. They'll be 38, 37, and thirty six, respectively, uh, this year coming up, mm-hmm. and they have. KG has a two-year win uh, contract until he's forty. Pierce will be thirty-nine. He'll be actually he only has one year left, and I think Terry has two. Maybe. Terry has two years left on them. Right. Um, yeah. So, but you have to make this trade because you have players that have won a title. While the the Nets didn't have a lot of those players, the leader the leader in the locker room was Jerry Stackhouse, was one of the veteran leaders, and you know he didn't win a title. He got close. I think he was in the finals with that Mavs team when the Heat beat them uh, the first time around. But, like, KG and Pierce and Terry have won, won titles. And Jay Kidd probably wanted Terry over Courtney Lee because he was his buddy in, in Dallas. And they, they got there was two Jasons that were unstoppable, I guess, to the Miami Heat then. So what do you think is uh, be the, the most surprising element of this trade, um, the surprising factor for the Nets? Surprising factor for the Nets? Um, I believe they're going to show a huge step up on defense. And yeah. I believe... KG might teach Lopez to rebound. <laughs> I, I think he's going to yeah. learn to rebound. It, yeah. Because Lopez plays center. KG's been playing the center with the Celtics the past few years. Yeah. This could allow KG to switch back into the four right. because he's much more comfortable playing off the off the post, right. shooting up jump shots. Right. So KG's going to move back to his natural four, which is going to make him a little more natural. He's not going to have to body the big guys. And he was breaking down near the end of, in the Celtics seasons because of a lot of minutes. Right. So if they're able to manage the minutes for all three of these players, and KG's just knowledge of defense, right? He's a vocal. He's a defensive coordinator, basically. On the, yes, on the, on the, he just calls out where the spots where you have to be. It, it's going to just do wonders to right. um, help Lopez. Darren, whoever else is staying. Darren around. Williams is going to have a field day passing to these guys. He's he going. He could average twenty assists again. No, I know. I know it won't be twenty, but Joe Johnson could improve with Paul Pierce being. Uh, um, they were actually teammates for only two months, but they were teammates at one point. I find it the most interesting thing I find about this trade is those heated Hawks Celtics battles. They're on the same team now. They and, are, and uh, unless Zaza Pachulia comes there, comes in and headbutts someone, I don't think yeah. there'll be any problem with, with anything going on between Joe Johnson, between KG. I think KG could rub because KG operates in his own light. Uh, I think he could rub off the wrong way to some people, but because he's so respected, even even as the number one trash talker in the NBA, uh, you still want that guy on your team. And I couldn't be more happy to have a, a leader like KG uh, on the Nets. You're going to love all those illegal legal screens. Get set. <laughs> the elbows, the chicken wing screens. The KG scheme. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the chicken wing where he sticks out the elbow and uh, and elbows people they got. Or um, the the defense of the punch in the groin on Channing Fry's threes. <laughs> so, no, I, I, I would always call out, uh, you know, our, our brother of the podcast, I would say, Josh. He's a diehard Celtics fan as well. I call out KG for everything he did wrong, but I said 
you know, no, without a shadow of a doubt, if I, if the Nets, if he's on my team, I'm gonna I'm gonna root for him as hard as possible. So call me a hypocrite, whatever. Mm-hmm. He's just a great. He's a Hall of Famer, sure Hall of Famer. You know, so uh, I think I think moving on to the minutes, just real quick. Um, I think with the resigning of Andre Blatch, which is also breaking somewhat late breaking news, uh, happened I believe yesterday. Um, he signed a two year deal, a second second year option. That's going to limit KG's minutes, so I think that kind of helps out. Like Andre will get the playing time that he wants, thirty to thirty something minutes. Mm-hmm. KG will play twenty and twenty five, maybe in bigger games. Maybe he plays a little bit more, uh, and Lopez can play majority at center. You know, so yes, I see. If you keep KG and Pierce at about twenty eight minutes a game, they're going to be perfectly fresh for the um, for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And Joe Johnson also he he said that he's fully healed from his. From his uh, ankle injury, so him and him and uh, Paul Pierce are both ball handlers who can run plays when even uh, you know Darren Williams is out. Um, that's the greatest thing about Paul Pierce. I think that that's the underlying asset that he can run plays because when uh, Rondo was out in the playoffs, he was running a lot of plays for them against the Knicks. He did play a lot of point forward. Yeah. The so. one the one downside to the way this team is constructed is it's going to be a very slow basketball team. Yeah. The Nets were twenty eighth in the NBA last year at pace which is the speed of as many possessions as they have per game, roughly. Mm -hmm. While the Celtics last year were 16th, which is just above league average. And that leads to believe when you combine the two, three oldest players from the Celtics, added to the Nets on already a very slow team, I would not be surprised if this team is the slowest team in basketball next year, which could lead to some very (laughs) low-scoring games. Definitely. Uh, I think defensively they'll be tuned up, which also can limit the offense. But I also think... It had to do with PJ and Avery Johnson, which they coach kind of the same style system. So I don't. No one knows what J Kid's going to run because J Kid doesn't know what he's going to run. That know? is very true. It, it could change it up. I doubt they're going to go to a more speedy kind of system right now. Right. I think it's spacing. The team. Spacing. The spacing will definitely help. Uh, and that's the one thing Mansoor mentioned in previous podcasts about. You know, the reason why the Bulls were so efficient in beating our Nets uh, in the first round is because they would play off of Jerry Wallace and Reggie Evans all day. Mm-hmm. Now they can't do that. No NBA team can do that because you have Paul Pierce, who's deadly, and KG, who's also deadly. So <laughs> Jerry Wallace and Reggie Evans upgrade to KG to Paul Pierce. Thank you very much. That's that's awesome. That's going to be so awesome for That is definitely true. On paper, there is no player. That you can leave and sag off of on defense. No, which not is at all. The big trend. Brooke Lopez even hit a couple threes last year. I mean, you can't even do that. <laughs> so yeah. he shoots a lot of long, you know, long twenty-five to twenty-eight footers. So um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not worried about the spacing. I want to see how Jason Kidd handles this. I'm, the one thing I'm worried about is how KG and Jason Kidd. I don't know. I, I think I, I heard they're friends and they're friendly, so that's good. But Jason Kidd's also a first-time coach, and KG's a veteran in the locker room. So, what does that mean? Is it just two veterans just coaching the whole team, and that's basically it? Like, mm-hmm. Is Jason Kidd going to sign himself as a backup point guard now? I mean... <laughs> we could have a player coach. Player coach. Uh, first time since Lenny Wilkins, back in the day. Yeah. Brooklyn, Brooklyn's own Lenny Wilkins. Um, Alright, let's get, speaking of coaches, let's get to the naming of the staff. Um, so, the Nets got Lawrence Frank, former Nets coach... Uh, before uh, Avery Johnson's tenure um, and after Brian Scott's uh, tenure as uh, that brought them to the finals uh, back in 2000 when. Um, 
I'll just say 2001. I can't think of the number right now. Uh, they also got Roy Rogers, former net. Eric Hughes, uh, Doug Overton, who remained from also former net uh, from the old uh, regime with uh, Mario Ali and uh, Popeye Jones. Sad to see those guys go, but I'm pretty sure uh, they'll find some good jobs. I think Mario is a great coach. I think Popeye Jones does a good job, only based on what I saw in the, the association. I I wish, I really wish they signed them again for another year. The association, yeah, yeah. They, they picked the wrong year to choose Brooklyn for the association. They, but no one ever does that. Even like Hard Knocks, they never sign a year. They never sign a team twice. They should do it. This the Hard Knocks does the Bengals every other year. I don't know. They do Cowboys after that too. <laughs> the Cowboys and the Bengals. Let's just flip oh, a coin because they want players that get arrested. <laughs> well, they Miami did. Dolphins got got a good arrest with Chad Ocho. That was great theater. Uh, uh, um, but maybe they can choose. New England this, this year. <laughs> um, yeah, wow. Speaking in New England, Aaron Hernandez and uh, Bristol, Connecticut zone there. Oh, God. All right, anyways, uh, getting on that dark moment, moving on to the coaching staff. I, I think I think, uh, I think, think we've made some good – that was so great that Lawrence Frank was able to sign. Uh, what do you think of the signing of uh, being the associate head coach of the Nets? I think it's perfect. Lawrence Frank, prior to becoming the head coach of the Pistons – was an assistant on the Celtics staff, and I believe way oh nine. Yeah, yeah, with, right after um, Tom Thibodeau got the job in uh, Ball, um, Chicago. Chicago, yeah, yeah. So he helped continue on the defense, and um, I think it's going to be perfect for being able to set up the defense they want to run. Even though most of the NBA now has kind of switched to the same type of defense that Thibodeau and the Celtics have been running the past few years. Yeah. So it's not going to be much of a transition. But having KG and Frank, who already have a working relationship together. That's perfect. It's it's gonna blend great. It's like right. one of the best things happened for Jason Kidd. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all Kidd has to worry about is being a motivational guy along with KG on the team. You know, I know KG's work ethic rubbed off on anyone, everyone in the Celtics organization. So I, I'm hoping that it does the same for Brooke. Uh, I mean, Joe has a pretty good work ethic, and Darren. Sometimes you you wonder where his head's at after games. You know, so. Hopefully it steps it up for all of them. But, yeah, Lawrence Frank, perfect hire. Roy Rogers, I guess, is a former teammate of Jason Kidd during the net. So I think that's good. we got a whole bunch of buddies just coaching the team, basically. That's what mm-hmm. it comes down to. It, it's a strong system for Jason Kidd. Um, the one flaw I worry about is just hit Jason Kidd's inexperience in Deron Williams. I think it'll be fine point guard to point guard. I think they'll do excellent. Right. But J- Deron Williams was the guy who got Jerry Sloan to retire. It could be some tough, but I think Jason Kidd can handle it. He's been in his scrapes in his own, his own time. I think they're going to be a Jason Kidd can handle anything after his DUI this past year and hanging from a chandelier at a club in, in New York. Very true. <laughs> and the most recent trend of just ex-point guards becoming yeah. coaches with very little experience. Look at what Mark Jackson's doing at Golden State. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Phenomenal. Does he have to put on like a preacher mentality? Does Jason Kidd have to be like a, a, a preachy coach, do you think? Or does he have to be like just... Hey, a uh, subtle like, hey, you're doing a good job, positive attitude guy. What do you have? To, what kind of mentality does the Nets need? I think if he goes to positive mentality, it could work. There's so many veterans on the team; they know what needs to be done. You already have three champions, yeah, on the team. In addition to is anyone on the current staff? Uh, no. Current roster? No, no. It's just JK, uh, KG. Uh, Pierce and Terry are the only champions, I think, on the team. So they've imported them. They still need to finish filling out their roster, and with a team like this, it's going to attract the venom and minimums. So they're gonna they're gonna get a couple players that are either gonna be chasing rings or have rings, mm-hmm. and gonna want one more. So that that's a good bonus for them. 
I was hoping uh, selfishly, and because right before Ray Allen opted into his contract, I was like, ah, the big three returning, big three returning. Ray Allen be totally okay with coming off the bench. He's he did that this past year, uh, but there's no way that he was in their price range at all. So, um, well, I mean, I always love Ray no matter what because he's a UConn guy to to us, I guess, here at the Brooklyn Rebound podcast but uh i'm i'm happy i'm happy that we got a couple signings done so far and we, we lost someone uh so we got andre bless as i mentioned previously cj watson the backup point guard for the nets decided to sign with the pacers which is a huge pickup for the pacers they also re-signed david west it looks like the pacers are up there with the nets in terms of the the roster just on paper right now and what they're doing what do you think of uh the signings, uh, uh, the departure of C.J. Watson, and I think the Nets need a point guard. Who would you have in mind? Back um, point guard. I don't know who's on the market right yet. We can definitely check that out. C.J. Watson was a great move, I felt, for the Pacers because yeah. anyone was better than D.J. Augustine, which may lead us to believe that D.J. Augustine is available. Well, so maybe... there's, there's a couple uh, point guards that are out there. Darren Collison, who had a pretty solid year in the early uh, part of the NBA season with uh, the Mavericks, Marco Bellinelli. He plays shooting guard, but he can handle the ball pretty well. Billups, uh, with uh, the trade we're going to get to um, in L.A. and uh, could Phoenix, could be could be out there. Uh, he was former teammate of uh, of KG, I believe, in Minnesota when they made that conference finals run. Um, who else is out there? Jose Calderon is definitely out there as well, but he might be out of the, their he, price range. He's definitely out of their price range. Uh, Marquise Daniels. Marquise as Avery Johnson would say, uh, Tony Douglas, uh, former Nick point guard and Rockets point. There's there's a whole bunch of them out there. I think um, I think we need a veteran point guard. Um, you also have Terry who can handle the ball as a backup point guard if needed. That's what had to happen on the Celtics this year because none of their guards really worked out, especially when Rondo went down. They might not actually even need. Going to our previous point, they might not actually need a, a point guard that needs to handle the ball at all times because they have Joe Johnson, they have Paul Pierce, they have Jason Terry, they have people that can run the offense. They have four very able ball handlers. I'm sure they're going to pick up another guard or two right. for veteran minimums. One of them is going to probably be an excellent ball handler. And they need a, they need another shooter, I think. I mean, they're supposedly chasing after Kyle Culver, but... He's out of their price range, so maybe Belnelli or Delfino are one of them. Belnelli, I think, would be perfect because he kind of shredded, he shredded the defense, um, you know, left and right with uh, against the Nets in the playoffs. So I think that would be a good, a good signing as well. Uh, but we'll see, we'll see what the Nets do with their rest of their offseason. Um, and the Nets did pick up another acquisition in the draft, Mason Plumley. Uh, Fellow Duke alum of Billy King was drafted. Uh, I was hoping for Gordy Dang. I think he was drafted. Uh, he was taking one pick ahead. They yeah. were definitely looking for another big. Kelly Oniak, I think, was on their their list as well. Right, and Kelly uh, went uh, after. What was he? He was acquired by the Mavericks. He was picked up by the Mavericks. I think drafted, he had traded, uh, and, but traded to the Celtics. Right, right. There you go. Uh, I don't know anything about Mason that much. I watched a little bit of Duke basketball. I didn't really want to, but it was on TV. Um, he's one of the multiple Plumley brothers, from what I remember. I believe he's the more, most athletic of them. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably, I feel, going to have the better career of all three of the brothers. I think one's already in the league, mm-hmm. and one's still at Duke. Yeah. This huh. one is probably the most projectable as a backup center. I think with good development, he has KG, he has Robin Lopez. 
I think he, Brooke Lopez. No, Brooke Lopez. Yeah. yeah. Robin Lopez is about to be traded. I do that all the time. Robin Lopez is I get available. The Lopez that, is wrong. That, if, you, <laughs> if you notice, I didn't call him by his first name for the first half of this podcast. You've just been saying Lopez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you do that with the Morris twins as well and the Holiday Brothers? All the time. All the time. Yeah, twin, twins could be a problem. They could be a problem for uh, us uh, podcasters here. All right, uh, moving on to around the NBA. Um, so, big news. I don't know if you want to break this uh, for your team right here. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. Um, the Celtics, after losing Doc Rivers a couple weeks ago, have gotten Brad Stevens from Butler. From the he's big very, priest. The big an, priest. From the big priest. He's a very analytical coach. And the Woj tweeted that he um, that's the reason the Celtics went with him, because they've been a big embracer of the analytics. And Butler at Butler, he has instituted the same type of systems, same type of analytics system, so they're very happy with the way he's working. I don't know. The Celtics have recent history of importing college coaches. I mean, last most successful college coaches in the NBA. Um, that I mean, successful college coaches that went from there and came back. Patino and um, uh, Kentucky's coach Cal well, Perry. Yeah, Cal. Cal. They're uh, they bombed in the NBA. They that, bombed very well. Celtics, respectively. Yep. And Knicks too. Very much so. Patino yeah. had that team going really well, and then just. Rank the Celtics into the dust around the ninety nine, two thousand, roughly around there. Right. So it work. It works for some people, and it doesn't work for others. So I think. I, I mean, I know, I know you're confused about this, but I think it's a good hire because it's a no risk at all. You you know you're rebuilding. He knows. Bat Stevens knows they're rebuilding, so he's going to be coaching young players mainly. That's very true. He so, is very young himself. He's so the same age as KG. <laughs> so KG could have coached the Celtics if they really wanted him to, but. Uh, I guess he wanted to win, a, uh, try to win for a title. So uh, I think it's a good, I think it's a good move for the Celtics. I think it's great also for the Nets because uh, what are the Nets pro- were projected to win this year by analytics group? I think it was sixty. They have them at sixty-four and eighteen, I believe, which 18. is a very high number. That was Doolittle's projections, which is the Hollinger takeover. I believe it's what he built off of John Hollinger's numbers. I could be mistaken on that, but he's another one of their true hoop guys. Embracing the advanced analytics, right, right. he predicted him a very high number. I can very well see that. I don't know if it would be best in the East, though. You still have to play the Heat, though. The Heat are probably very much learning from last year. Just make it to the playoffs and then dominate in the playoffs, right? Because right. that twenty-seven game winning streak murdered them. Yeah, and it murdered Dwayne Wade. Really, mm-hmm. it, he it took him like every. Or- Corazon shot in the book to basically play uh, at no pain and almost every game. <laughs> every game, yeah. So I'm sure they ran out of Corazon. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I think I think for the the Celtics, it's a good move. And going back to that trade, I think the Nets are going to benefit because they get automatic four wins. I'm not going to say it's automatic, but I'm saying sorry, not sorry. They're definitely going to win four games. That's four plus. Philadelphia's also rebuilding. They just traded Drew Holiday. Which, yep. uh, during the draft as well um, to the Pelicans, and so there's only you know two teams that are competing. Raptors are still on the on the brink of a playoff team. Um, they got Rudy Gay late last year, so I think it's going to be between the Knicks and Nets. Vision corrected Rudy Gay, Vision. so maybe he can actually hit a three point oh, shot. Oh, he got some LASIK. People can get off him. Yep, he got LASIK. Apparently, he needed glasses for the past three years. Memphis never told him to get him. Ah, oh, come on, Memphis! Come on. As soon as he got to Toronto, they they did a vision test. How could you? How could you do that to a fellow UConn alum like that? All right. Um, talking about the Knicks, while well, my phone's blowing up here, um, Knicks made a trade. Uh, Knicks got Andreas Bargnani from the Raps, 
for Hartford's own Marcus Camby, uh, Steve uh, Discount Double Check Novak, uh, and uh, Q, former Brandy's fiance Richardson, uh, and a second round pick. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what this does for the Knicks. Uh, they, in the past uh, couple months, they lost Rashid, they lost uh, Kurt Thomas, they lost to Stretch Factor, they lost Jason Kidd. They lost, uh, who else did they lose? A uh, couple other players. I mean, with these players standing as well, um, their veteran leadership is kind of out the door now, and they have Banyarni to come in to play, what, more minutes at the floor that Amari was supposed to get? Are they moving? They can't even move Amari's contract. What do you think of this trade? They can't move Amari's contract. The Raptors were trying to get rid of Barnani for the longest for like time. Two years. And then next like, the Knicks gave and him a, they, a present, basically. Well, the really only key there is. Novak in the second round pick, but Novak is coming off a down year. I know he was a little beat up, but the Knicks fans in New York City here remember Novak from two years ago where he was hitting everything. With it was Lynn, like the perfect storm Lynn of Lynn and, Lynn and Novak just going insane. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen last year, and a lot of Knicks fans were always wondering. So I think the fresh, if he had a bad year this year, I think he would have started here in the booze. I think the trade is going to be really good for him. But the Raptors to be able to get a second round pick when they were just trying to give away Andres Bargnani for just bad con- for contracts mm-hmm. is going to be good. I think it's going to help the Knicks. He's a very good shooter, but they're going to be terrible on defense again. And I cannot wait to see them play. That, with that boy cannot move. That boy cannot move his feet. And you know, Bargnani, he does not know how to lateral move at all. So. He is, he, Zach Lowe has put in his article actually today uh, about how. There should be a tweet that goes out every time Amari Stoudemire and Andres Bargnani check into the game together because it will be the most comical basketball on defense ever. For, for Woodson being a defensive-minded coach, I think it doesn't fit his uh, his coaching style at all. And I, I feel like Isaiah Thomas and D'Antoni are still there. The Knicks ghosts are still present and uh, making these moves. And also, you know, they ran a lot of D'Antoni's three-point offense. They were the most... Three point win uh, shooting team or three points made made uh, in NBA season. They got the record uh, this past year. I forgot the exact number, but um, I don't know. I I know it stretches out the floor in terms of getting I- Melo to do more ISO ball, but that was kind of like the death of them. They almost they almost forced it a game seven with by playing that way, you know, against Boston. Uh, Very true. So I don't know what what that means and why they're making that move really. This also lets Carmela move back to the three. And actually, some breaking news from the from Woj. A tweet from Woj about um, the Knicks. They're close to re-signing J.R. Smith. We don't have the details on that, but they're close to re-signing J.R. Smith, which is what they desperately needed. He right. was probably 40% of their offense last year. Right. Uh, hopefully, he can hit his threes, get his head figured out. He had a couple game-winning shots. He was a man of the offense when... Um when Melo wasn't uh, playing, when he took off a couple games, Melo played, I think, believe sixty-eight, which was like one of his career lows. Um, so I don't know. I, I I think I think it's good to spreading out the floor, but defense is going to be a problem for the Knicks. But you know, better for the Nets to do that. There was two divisional trades, interdivisional trades with um, all the players, except the only one that wasn't involved was um, Philadelphia. Yeah. All right, uh, moving on to uh, another trade. Uh, L.A. Clippers, Phoenix, and Milwaukee made a trade. Bledsoe was finally moved. Uh, Eric Bledsoe, the backup point guard stud for the Los Angeles Clippers, moved along with uh, UConn alum Karan Butler to Phoenix 
for uh, and the Clippers received uh, Dudley, Jared Dudley, and uh, JJ Redick, and um, two ACC standouts right there, and uh, and then two second round picks go to Milwaukee. Uh, what are your assessment of the deal for the Clippers there? Uh, the Clippers were able to clear the space they needed so they could resign um, Chris Paul to the major deal, mm-hmm. fill up some roster space. They were able to get two ball handlers and two ball handlers and shooters, which was one of their issues they were running into. Is no one could make a shot last year. Matt Barnes, Matt Barnes can make shots, but he can't really. He can only stand in the corner and make a mm-hmm. shot. Yeah, yeah, they just got two athletic ball handlers though, mm-hmm. and it's going to be very helpful. They're going to be able to make shots. Uh, J.J. Redick is going to be a lot more effective than he was after the trade in Milwaukee because he's going to just be able to stand there and shoot when he gets Chris Paul passes and um, Blake Griffin kickouts. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I think um, I think it's great for the Clippers, and Doc Rivers is going to be running the same things that he ran in 08 or 08 through 011 with Ray Allen coming off screens. and uh, The double screens. Double J.J. Redick does it just – just about the same, very beautifully. He's got a great shot. Um, Milwaukee lucked out very well as well. They were able to get two second-round picks because of the sign-in trade. That's how Reddick got Reddick got moved. And because of that, they got two second-round picks on a player that had already expressed his intent. He wasn't going to re-sign with them. Right. But there, Milwaukee's also looking out and working on a deal with O.J. Mayo right now, which is going to be very exciting. O.J. Mayo Nays. Uh, so, he could be their star. Um I know Milwaukee is chasing after JR, but it looks like JR is coming back to New York and going to go to the club every night as possible. It's great. You know, hopefully we'll be able to bump into him in Midtown somewhere or, or Murray Hill, maybe at the 4040 Club in, uh, in uh, Midtown East there. All right. Um, so moving on to the last but dreaded conversation of Dwight Watch 2013. Um Something that's been uh, just running along way too long uh, for the last two years, and Dwight has basically dug himself a grave by uh, choosing which funeral he wants to be at, either in Houston, the Lakers, Dallas, Golden State, or Atlanta. They all made their pitches the last two days, uh, I think Monday and Tuesday, sorry. And um, apparently he's going to go on a retreat. <laughs> go to Nebraska to make the decision. I did read that he was going to go find himself to make his decision. Uh, he should totally record that and uh, not make it a decision like LeBron, but make it like a reality show. Apparently, he also wants uh, to be a TV superstar. Well, that was part of the LA Lakers' offer was to give him a TV show on their regional TV network that shows the Lakers. Time games. Warner signing, uh, making a Los Angeles Lakers channel, right? So, yes. Uh, that's the newest friend. I mean, the Yankees were, I think, the pioneer in doing that, uh, making the Yes Network, and then uh, and then SNY, Mets, a whole bunch of big market teams can get their own channel. So Lakers are going to have that as well. Uh, I think uh, Dallas and Atlanta said the same thing. I think the best pitch was by uh, Houston. Houston flew in all the legends. They flew in Clyde. I believe Hakeem came Hakeem. in. Yep, yep. Uh, Yao Ming with Skype. Skype called in there. Yep, they I mean, got. Yep, they brought Yao Ming in. It's going to be difficult if they bring him in. They're going to have to probably move a sheik, which anyone would move a sheik to replace with Dwight. Right. Dwight did have reservations. I remember reading about their style, but I believe Kevin McHale could change their style up a bit. I think. I think uh, if Dwight goes to Houston, this will be last year for Kevin McHale, and then they'll get Jeff Van Gundy back because uh, they talked about that rumorly. If Kevin McHale was out of a job. Would Jeff Van Gundy go back to Houston? This is all hypothetical based on Dwight because Jeff Van Gundy could understand 
what to run with a big man, kind of like a la Patrick Ewing when he did back in the day. So, But it's Kevin McHale. I think he understands how to coach a big man. He was one of the best big men. That's true. That is true. That's true. I, I have nothing against Kevin McHale. The man McHale. has a repertoire of post moves. I have like, nothing against Kevin McHale. But, long. but I'm just, I, I just like Jeff Van Gundy. I don't know why. Even, even as much as everyone hates him on ABC, I, I'm a fan of Jeff Van Gundy. Yeah, I don't want him to leave the booth. That's entertaining. True. That's true. All right. Uh, well, I was hoping Doc Rivers was going to come back for that too, but he decided to go coach for NBA championship. It's not cool, to, uh, Doc. Not cool. I personally think he's going to stay in LA. Um, I think it'll be really close. That Houston's like right there, neck and neck, kind of like when Kobe was thinking about signing with the Clippers and then chose the Lakers uh, last last minute. I think it's going to be the same decision uh, for him, and I hope Dwight uh, gets what he. Does not deserve. I don't know. I think I think they're they're not even going to be a contender with Kobe being out this year, and and they haven't really made any really good off season acquisitions at all. So I said I'll just be Dwight staying there. What happens if he doesn't go? Would they go after Bynum again? I'm not too sure. I don't know if anyone's really going to touch Bynum. It's, someone's going to definitely sign him. Well, real real last minute last, random question or not random but last minute question: Odin or Bynum? I would probably Not for any team for any team. I would probably pick Bynum because Bynum has at least shown he can play right. when he's fully healthy, and he hasn't had three micro fracture surgeries. <laughs> I am pulling so hard for Greg Oden to get on a team and just have one healthy season of basketball. Right. Because when he was in Portland, which is the worst team to be drafted if you have any medical history, just ask Sam Bowie. Sam Bowie. Yeah. <laughs> or Brandon Roy. That as well. Yeah. He really should just go to Phoenix. Right. Phoenix. Those people are wizards. Yeah, yeah. Steve I, Nash wishes he was still in Phoenix. Yeah, he wouldn't have broke all his old body by moving to L.A. Antonio McDyess uh, got a contract just by rebuilding himself after his microfracture or ACL tears. All right, um, so we'll keep you guys updated. Uh, please, please, please follow us on Twitter on Brooklyn Rebound. Uh, our website is brooklynrebound.com. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, uh, Brooklyn Rebound. We do? Yeah, we do. We do. Uh, Tom's going to be bringing some some impact to our our, uh, our media outlets here. Uh, hopefully switching us up to some uh, WordPress as opposed to the p- Tumblr porn that we have out there. <laughs> apparently, our web, our, uh, apparently the Tumblr account that I signed up for is, uh, is being associated with a whole bunch of uh, other affiliate Tumblr pages that are explicit and pornographic. So we don't want that for the Brooklyn Rebound podcast. <laughs> Maybe some of you listeners do. Maybe the one out of the 27 of you guys. All right. Um, I really thank you guys for uh, listening to us today. We're going to start doing some more frequent podcasts. And uh, uh, well, any questions you have, please email us at brooklynrebound at gmail.com. All right, guys. This is it. Tom, you got any last notes, any goodbyes or anything? Shout out to Justin. Justin hasn't been on in a while. I know Justin really needs to get here, but it was fun stepping in, joining the podcast. I look forward to coming back later. Yeah, definitely. You were saying maybe trying to bring him to once every ten days, once a week, maybe for yeah, the no, off no, season. No, no guarantees. No, no guarantees. No problem, no problem. It is the summer. We're young, New York. Yeah, yeah you know. I mean, I, I'm going to go to a Mariah Carey uh, Philharmonic concert, uh, and uh, for the Mets are supplying uh, because the Mets All Star Game's coming. Uh, to, Emma, to City Field. Are you no, I was looking at home run derby tickets. Oh, you want to go? $285 I guess for the not, outfield seats. I guess we're not I'm going. I'm not going to the home run derby. guess we're not going. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a celebrity game. That would be fun. Kate, Kate Upton will be there. Did I tell you I met Kate Upton? Not really. She just brushed my shoulder, though. It's kind of cool. It's a story for another time, yeah. I feel. <laughs> All right, guys. I'll do it for the podcast. Uh, this is Enam and Tom. Uh, uh, good night from Prospect Heights, and good night, Brooklyn. Let's go Nets. Brooklyn.
Freedom. 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 Freedom.